Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Celine Chenoy, who is author, podcast host, and life coach. Today we will discuss Redefining Beauty, Why Are Women Still Measured and Defined by Their Looks? Celine is a podcast host who focuses on personal empowerment, self-esteem, productivity, and wellness. She's the founder of The Dreamcatcher, a blog community that encourages people to live their ideal life, where she has been sharing her thoughts since 2014. Her book, Beauty Redefined, How to Feel Authentically Beautiful in Today's World, was published in June 2018. Born and raised in Dubai, Celine has traveled to more than 35 countries across Europe, North America, Australia, Asia, the Middle East, and Africa. She holds a master's in international marketing from Emerson College and has certifications in hypnotherapy, life coaching, and personality assessments. Celine, welcome. Hi, Elena. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be speaking with you. Thank you. Let's start with the beginning of the discussion that we outlined, which is redefining beauty. Let's define beauty. What is beauty? Well, according to, in colloquial terms, beauty has been seen as something that we, we see based on the surface appearance of things. Beauty is... You know, when what I try to talk about in my book is beauty is so much more than what we see on the surface. It is, it should be something that's all encompassing, especially when it comes to physical beauty. You know, it's not just about how pretty you look or how slim you are, but the kind of person that you are, your character and your compassion for others. I really want people to know that, you know, it's, it's not just about how beautiful you look on the outside. It's about how the kind of beauty you radiate on the from the inside. And I really want people to start working on developing themselves as individuals and really cultivating their personality, their talents, their passions, and even their sense of morals and values. Um, so in my book, Beauty Redefined, I'm I'm attempting to really change the you know the how we see beauty, how it's commonly known since, in fact, since the historic times, you know, during many decades, we've seen the what, you know, the physical beauty, the idea of physical beauty has evolved over the ages, um, you know, back, in, for example, back in uh, the ancient Greek times, women who were more voluptuous and who were lighter skin were considered beauties. Uh, but then you go to uh, the 19, uh, 1970s and the 1980s, skinny start, being skinny was seen as being beautiful. So really, beauty is a moving target. It's something that evolves based on a country's culture, uh, morals, their values, their belief systems. So beauty is a very relative concept. And, what, and I believe that it should be something that's universal, physical beauty. It should be something that's universal. Um, and we need, to, we need to develop a more deeper uh, and more meaningful definition of what it means to be beautiful in today's world. And that's what I'm attempting to do in my book. If 
We're saying that beauty should be more than skin deep. What should it be? Well, it should be, I believe it should be about, as I said, it should be about your personality. It should be about, the, uh, you know, your your talents, how, how, how your values, you know, all of those things that kind of make you makes you a person, makes you a real person. Uh, right now, we're living in an era of social media and celebrity culture where we are bombarded with images and videos of all kinds from the media, from, you know, a- advertisers, from the beauty and fashion industry who are, you know, they're relentless about selling airbrush perfection and shallow ideals of beauty. And this is kind of, uh, I believe this is causing a kind of mental conditioning and kind of changing our, you know, changing our perception of how we see ourselves in this whole beauty meritocracy. It's very difficult to escape from this, you know, uh, Elena, and I, and I, I believe that we are, we are making progress. I am seeing signs of um, hope. I'm seeing things evolving um, in our social uh, landscape. But I believe that we need to take a more, um, more focused approach by getting more influences on board so that we can take a, uh, as I said, a more focused and a more broader um approach when it comes to um, uh, evolving uh, the whole concept of beauty. We need to take it to a higher level uh, that, as I said, involves personalities, value systems, belief systems. So, um, so yeah, that is, that is, and for that to happen, I believe that we really need to ignite a beauty revolution, uh, which I speak about in my book in depth. It's difficult for us as humans, to ignore what we see, we're hotwired, or rather we're hardwired, to make decisions and let first impressions play a major role in how we evaluate what we see around us, not just other humans, but everything. When we decide whether someone is friend or foe, whether there's danger or calm. So it's difficult to not pay attention to visual cues. How can we go beyond those cues? So how can we look at someone and not just focus on the color of their hair, the shape of their eyes, the shade of their skin, whether they're overweight or thin, etc.? What suggestions what techniques would you propose that we use so that we can redefine beauty by taking into account a person's personality and not just their looks? Yeah, Elena, you bring up a really good point. Um, In fact, I speak about this in one of the chapters in my book called The Biology of Beauty. And you are right. We are definitely hardwired to seek beauty in others. And you know, this is because, uh, you know, not just us, but animals. All of us are, we have this instinct to, to, um, to reproduce, to kind of make sure that our genes carry on into future, in, into the future. And for, and to ensure that happens, 
we need to find a, a mate that kind of matches the template that we have for um, for a, for a partner who, who could be put, who could be healthy and fertile, and that varies for for men and women. For women, we tend to look for a partner, uh, a man that is, who um, who could be a good provider, uh, who shows signs of stability, um, who could be a good father, you know. Whereas for men, they are more visually oriented, right? So they tend to look for more physical characteristics, which is why the pressure to um, attain this, uh, the physical standards for beauty is even more on women, because that is the yardstick that society uses to judge their worth. I mean, that's been the case since historical times, as I told you. Um, and, uh, you know, this is, in fact, this cognitive bias is known as the halo effect. It, we inf- the, it kind of influences the way we form opinions about the people that we encounter in our lives. We tend to form favorable impressions of individuals because we find them physically attractive even without knowing anything about their personal uh, character. So, um, so, so in order to, to counteract this effect, I believe we have to be more, more conscious, more aware. It's, I know it's easier said than done, but, but we human beings, we have the capacity to kind of intervene and prevent ourselves from reacting based on our instinctual response, unlike animals. You know, animals can't control that. They don't have that form of consciousness. Whereas human beings, we can stop. We can think, we can reflect about our actions and we can consciously say, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to change my approach. It does require a certain amount of maturity. It requires um, impulse control. Um, And and I I believe that this, this is possible through education, through awareness building. Um, and like I said, if, if, if we can, on a collective level, if we can change the whole paradigm of beauty by, by instigating these, uh, by instigating fundamental changes in our education system and the media so that we can develop healthier standards of beauty, uh, that kind of draws the focus from a woman's physical attractiveness and to her accomplishments and character, I believe that this can happen because human beings really, we get our cues from what we see around us. You know, and if if everyone around is telling us that uh, being pretty is 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 the way to go, if that's going to uh, kind of further your career or kind of uh, elevate you uh, in in you know in society, then that's what we're going to believe. Whereas if people are telling us no, it it's about uh, it's about how you uh, you know how you your compassion for others, the kind of person that you are. Um, the kind of work that you do, how much you cultivate your skills, your attention to detail, all these um, sort of these soft skills or these skills, uh, these um, and your, or your emotional intelligence. If we just change that messaging that we're sending out to people, I believe that uh, it can really change how people perceive beauty in themselves and in others. But we need to decide to do that as a society, as a global society, I believe. I really believe it's possible, and I'm optimistic about it, but it really does require uh, people to work together for that to happen. How do we approach that? In other words, 
if we're going to focus on something beyond physical appearance, does that mean that instead of promoting the best possible physical appearance, that will be secondary and perhaps instead of rewarding people, men and women, who dedicate a lot of their time to making themselves look as appealing as possible, that will be something that will be frowned upon? What do you think? No, I'm definitely not saying that, of course. I mean, even I, I'm still, I, I take care of myself. I, I you know, I'm, I, I make sure that I live a healthy lifestyle, that I'm always putting my best foot forward in every way. And I'm not saying that people should stop doing that and that should be frowned upon. That's certainly not what I'm saying. What I'm trying to, what I'm trying to promote here, the message I'm trying to promote is that it, it should, that's not all it should be. Like, you should see yourself as a multidimensional being. You know, I sometimes see, you know, women, like it's funny, you know, sometimes I see women in uh, in different places just taking these selfies and, you know, making these pouty faces, taking these selfies, which is fine. I mean, it's okay once in a while, but, you know, you can tell that they believe that they're – that their whole personality, that everything about them is based on how they look, you know, and I feel that is wrong. Your physical appearance is, of course, it's one aspect of your being, but there's just so many other things that make you the wonderful person that you are. It should not make people lazy is what I'm saying. Just, okay, just because you're pretty doesn't, doesn't, um, doesn't excuse you from developing your other skills or does not excuse you from being kind to people, you know? Um, it, it, it should not prevent you from cultivating your mind, re, you know, doing some reading, uh, learning about the world, or whatever it is that you're curious about. I feel that sometimes being attractive or just totally focusing on your looks can make you lazy in other aspects of your life. Um, and that's, 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 what, that's something that I would, I, I don't think, should um that's what i think should be changed really uh it's just that you need i want people to see themselves as a lot more than what they see what they've witnessed in the mirror you know there's just so much more to them there's so much more depth there's so much more substance to them if they're willing to explore and spend the time reflecting on uh, on all those wonderful aspects of themselves. There has been talk in the past and studies conducted on what they call the beauty premium, the idea that attractive people enjoy higher salaries, or the opposite of the spectrum, the ugliness penalty. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, there definitely have been numerous studies that have have shown that beautiful women, they have beautiful men and women have more advantages compared to their average-looking counterparts. Um, you know, from high school onwards, uh, you know, these people are perceived, you know, attractive individuals are perceived to have higher intelligence, like likable personalities, and a higher potential for success and this often causes a self-fulfilling prophecy and um, I mean as I said there candidates who are smarter and more capable than they could actually be 
I mean, they tend to get favored, as you said. And this is, as I as we talked about earlier, this is because of the way we're wired. And the only way that we can overcome this is by, again, conscious awareness uh, and trying to be more objective and rational when we evaluate an employee's credentials, qualifications, and their performance on a job. Um, again, as you know, it comes down to awareness, to knowing, to really taking that time out to say, okay, is this person really qualified for the job? Are they, are they, you know, and and to rem- to be conscious if you are being biased because you know of how attractive the individual they are. That's what it really comes down to, Elena. That's that's the only way to counteract this. And I think, you know, perhaps. Uh, you know, the employers need to be trained to be aware of this bias, just like any other bias. There are all kinds of biases out there. So if, 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 if they're trained to be aware of this, of this tendency, then I think that this is something that can be easily done away with. But I don't think it's taken that seriously. Um, yeah. And I also believe it depends on the nature of the job as well. You know, if you're, if you're, kind of trying to hire an engineer, your hiring uh, criteria will be different for engineers uh, and uh, your hiring criteria will be different for, for example, a saleswoman, someone who's trying to, uh, you know, uh, yeah, saleswoman. So it'll be different. So you would probably look for people more attractive in a sales position, but if it comes to engineering, you definitely look for someone with, with the brains and with the skills that are uh, required for the job. So um, I, I think um, there are some differences in how we um, assess people based on uh, the, the, the career requirements. Well, is that the way we should assess people? Is that is that okay to look at someone and say, well, yeah, they should look good because they're going to be a salesperson. Eh, who cares what they look like? They're going to be in a back room and an engineer. Nobody looks at an engineer. Does that really redefine beauty if what we're doing, rather than redefining how everyone should appear or the importance that we give to that beauty, we just say that beauty applies for certain positions? Sure. I mean, for example, if you're a model, of course you have to be good looking. I mean, that's that's a given. That's a requirement for the job. But... I, I think that it should not be beauty alone. There should be more to that person because then that's going to send out a different message. So if someone is is physically attractive and they're being hired to the sales position, it should not just be based on how they look, but on the fact that they are a people's person or that they know how um, – they know how to connect with another person. You know, I'm not saying that the, the beautiful people should be just thrown out of the window. No, for sure. There, there, there are some, uh, you know, they deserve, uh, they deserve to be hired for a position they're qualified for just as anyone else does. Um, but um, I, I really think that there should be more, um, more thinking, more, um, there should be more thought process when it comes to hiring these people. Uh, and that uh, that kind of yeah, but definitely. I mean, it it should. Go, what I'm trying to say is, it should go beyond their looks. If, if they happen to be attractive, then great. But I think they also should have other skills that make them a more qualified uh, candidate. I hope that makes sense. <laughs>
Well, I'm still going back to the issue of defining beauty or redefining beauty. Is it okay, for example, for someone to have plastic surgery? Is that acceptable? Is that not what you were born with, but if you go and have 15 plastic surgeries or 13, I'm sorry, or 30 plastic surgeries to change your appearance, if you bleach your hair, if you tattoo your eyebrows, if you get injections, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. Is that <laughs> sorry? Are you from LA? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yeah, Where yeah. does that definition fall? If you are making radical changes to your appearance in order to appear more attractive, is that acceptable beauty? Okay, so when it comes to making changes to your physical appearance. What it comes down to is the intention behind that. What is driving you to do that? Some people can do it from a place of self-love. They they feel great and they feel that doing these small enhancements, such as you know the odd the odd plastic surgery or I don't know hair extensions, whatever. That's okay if if the person is confident and they're just doing it, you know, just just for a change, just to change their appearance a little bit because they're bored, that's fine. But if it's coming from a place of low self-worth and they feel that they're not good enough and they're doing it to, uh, they're doing it because they don't feel that, uh, because they feel that their looks is all that, is the only thing that they have when it comes to presenting themselves to the world, then, then yeah, then it's a problem. Then it's a problem. You need to get to the root of the intention. What is, what is it that is driving them to to get those plastic surgeries to get those beauty treatments obviously if it's excessive then there's a red flag then you know that there that there is some kind of body dysphoria or some kind of uh, so, something that's not right um in the person um in the person's psychological makeup because but how much is too much it depends on the person depends on the context and what kind of treatments they're getting but you know, if, if if the person just wants to wants to change in their appearance, if they don't want to change the color of their hair, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. As long as you're you're you feel good in your if you feel good about yourself and it's coming from a place of self love. We know from some studies and some experts, including one who's been on our podcast, that many, if not most, beauty products and cosmetics have toxins serious toxins that can cause you long-term damage to your liver and other health concerns. If you know that you are using products such as these mainstream products, everyday products that we use, including perfumes, hair dyes, and the list goes on, if we know that these products are toxic, is using them in order to look more attractive still a healthy behavior based on what you're saying? Well, you know, there has always been a risk factor when it comes to using beauty products and, you know, undergoing beauty treatments. You know, in fact, in the Victorian times in, in England, they, they used to use these eye drops to make their eyes brighter. And those eye drops would inevitably make uh, cause blindness if they use it for a number of years. Uh, 
um, in in China in 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 the olden Chinese times, they used they used a practice called foot binding, which actually uh, was a kind of technique where they really tightly bind the feet of uh, young Chinese girls so that they could have smaller feet. So having you know these these kind of products and measures to look more physically attractive based on you know uh, on uh, you know certain cultures um standards you know it's it's been there it's been around for centuries and um again as i said if you realize that there are beauty there are risks involved in using certain products and undergoing certain procedures then that you definitely need to factor that in into your decision and you have to be like okay is it worth the risk how much is it uh, how much is it that i really really want want to you know uh, change certain certain uh, aspect about myself is it worth the risk uh and i guess it all comes down to balance making sure that uh, you know if you are using a product with toxins and you're aware of the risks uh, and but you really really want to do it you know just make sure that you don't do too much of it i don't know i can't i can't really honestly elena i can't say whether you should use such products or not it really depends on on a speci- you know on an each specific case i'm not a doctor <laughs> and i'm not a specialist in this but i would say use your judgment and uh and uh d- just make sure that you are aware of the risks and if if and if you are in fact harmed if you feel any side effects uh, you know you should stop it i really i really think you that's what i would do at least um uh i definitely don't think that the risk is worth it and nowadays there's so many alternative products uh that you can use you know they have organic products organic makeups uh makeup and creams and um or you can use uh stuff at home you can make uh you can make certain formulas beauty formulas at home uh from uh, fresh ingredients so look for alternative more natural ways of of looking better there's always a better healthier way of doing things and everything in in life you know the kind of food you eat um and uh, the kind of lifestyle that you lead natural is always better that's what i believe well the point i'm making is we as observers have no way of knowing what is going through the mind of the person who's engaging in the behavior that leads to having 30 plastic surgeries and bleaching their hair and dyeing their hair and whatever all the other techniques are that's outside of our ability to do to know what's inside someone's head so we as observers as the definers of what beauty is because beauty is defined socially by society by our peers When we look at someone if we're going to redefine beauty then we have to say what that new definition of beauty means and we as a society have to look and say well we think that someone who has 50 plastic surgeries is acceptable or it's not acceptable because we have no means externally to define whether that's healthy or unhealthy behavior we have no way of knowing whether someone did this as a form of self love as you were saying which you consider acceptable or whether this is a psychologically unhealthy behavior 
where do we draw that line as observers in this process of redefining beauty? Because if we're saying that beauty standards as they are are not acceptable, then we are also saying that we want to characterize what is acceptable. So that's the question that I'm asking, is using commonly available cosmetic products acceptable even if you know they're toxic? Is having a surgery that puts you at risk every time you go under anesthetic a healthy behavior? Where do we as society in defining what beauty is draw that line? Okay, so we don't know. We can never know what's going on with with someone. I mean, what's going on in, with them in their most intimate, most the deepest emotional level. We can never tell what is happening. I mean, if if we are related to the person, if they're a friend or if they're a family member, we would we would have insights into that. And if we if if we do see, notice behavior patterns that seem a bit a, a bit irrational, then I would say you know perhaps bringing this to the person's attention or getting them some help that's that's what we could do that's how how we could help someone who is close to us but as a society um you know we need to help i believe that we can, the only thing that we can do is making concerted efforts towards bringing about an internal shift within girls and women by educating them it's all about education on how to maintain a strong sense of self-worth and to develop an identity that's independent of outward appearances. So you want to encourage um, encourage young girls and women to really make an effort to engage in self-awareness, to become more conscious of themselves. I mean, not many, not many people out there take the time out to really reflect. We're so busy with our day-to-day um, activities to just sit and think, okay, you know, just to take that time out to really think about the things that you're doing and why you're doing them. If if that's if we take simple measures like that, Elena, I think that makes all the difference. If you're willing to engage in self development, in uh, you know, if you're inclined to it, more spiritual uh, related activities. If you're willing to look deep within ourselves and take responsibility for whatever that we're doing, the actions that we're taking, the decisions that we're making, being more accountable for ourselves. And if we feel we can't do it on our own, reach out for help. There are tons of counselors, um, therapists, coaches, or even, you know, someone who you trust, a friend or a family member, who can help you out if you if you find yourself being caught up in, uh, you know, an erratic uh, thought process um, or if you're not feeling good about something in your life, just reach out for help. Reach out for help or help yourself by by engaging in things that would make you, um, that would broaden your horizons. Uh, to um, And also, if you have any trauma from the past, do something to deal with that. You know, in, in my book, um, I recommend a holistic approach towards overcoming these blocks and cultivating the kind of beauty that's genuine and real. And this involves all aspects of your being, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your body. This is a pretty comprehensive 
comprehensive model. But some of the key points include adopting a more positive mindset and belief system, healing any past emotional trauma or pain, as I mentioned before, loving your body by giving it the nourishment and care that it needs to stay healthy, and living your life with a sense of passion and purpose. So I think people, the, you know, the answer that I'm going to provide you is that I think people need to uh, really build that self-awareness and be more accountable for this, for the actions that they're taking, the decisions that they're making, not just about, just not when it comes to, you know, what they do to enhance their looks, but about every decision in their life. Uh, I think that is something that needs to be encouraged, um, uh, you know, and I think that starts from home. You know, as parents, parents need to start cultivating this this um, this way of being in their kids. Uh, and if not parents, if uh, if that's not possible, then you know we need awareness programs in schools and colleges, um, uh, and even in our communities. So that's why I said we need to make fundamental shifts in our society. Uh, or to bring about um, more responsible decision making and cultivating more emotional maturity in um, in uh, people today. When you say genuine and real beauty, what yes. exactly are you referring to? Okay, so when I talk about genuine beauty, I as I as I mentioned before, I'm talking about a kind of beauty that's all encompassing that doesn't just include your looks, but your character and um, your talents, your passions, your values, your morals. You know, that is what I mean when I talk about genuine beauty. You know, to make this new perspective on beauty more easier to understand, I created a fictional persona of a woman who I call a true beauty based on the research that I've done on women in several historical and uh, literary narratives, such as Greek mythology stories and Jane Austen novels. I've also studied various behavioral patterns of some of the most successful and happy women in the world to identify those constellation of traits um, and sensibilities that led them to a life of balance, accomplishment, and fulfillment. So um, there are 10 key characteristics that uh, that define uh, the true beauty. Uh, do you want me to go over each one or? Um... Sure. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so the first one is that she is not defined by her size, shape, or body type. So she, instead of trying to be a certain, you know, a certain dress size, she focuses on being fit, strong, and healthy. You know. Uh, and that does not, and, and being fit and healthy really doesn't have anything to do with, uh, you know, what dress size you are. Because some people are naturally, you know, they're broader, and that's okay. Maybe they're meant to look like that. You know, not everyone can look like a model. In fact, only 2% of the world population can have that model uh, body type, you know, and, 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 and be healthy, you know, without starving yourself. So that's the first one. And number two, she prioritizes the development of her intellect and personality. I mentioned that before. And she's proud of her ethnic uh, her ethnic uh, features. You know, a lot of women have issues with uh, having uh, facial or uh, facial or yeah, especially facial and hair hair 
that is uh, that is typical of their ethnicity, you know, like curly hair or straight hair or certain, you know, if your nose is a certain way or your skin color. No, the, a true beauty embraces whatever she's born, whatever she's born with. That's who you are. You know, make the best of it. Um, and number four, she's driven by her aspirations, her hopes and purpose. You know, she feels driven by something. She has she has goals. She has something that she, you know, she wakes up in the morning and that she's excited about, you know. And number five, she's not intimidated by the aging process. And uh, and because of this, she ages gracefully. A lot of women, and this is a big one nowadays, they, the first signs of aging, like if they see a wrinkle or the hair starts graying, they go nuts. You know, that, that's what makes them head to the plastic surgeon, surgeon's office, uh, you know, get Botox or whatever it is that they do these days to look younger um, and, uh, you know, do whatever it takes so that she can look younger. Uh, because, unfortunately, society does tend to favor, especially Western society, tends to favor younger people or the younger look. So um, this is something that we need, need to change. I mean, there are so many gorgeous women, uh, older uh, uh, women who are gorgeous, you know, like Jane Fonda, Helen Mirren, you know, women like them. They're gorgeous. They're radiant. They're in the 80s, but they still radiate this beauty of, you know, they're confident. They're they're wise. It's just a different kind of beauty, you know. Um, And then uh, number six is she wants to make a difference in the lives of others, and she actually acts on it, you know. a lot of, you don't want to be self-centered you want to be like uh, this entitled self-centered person just because you're pretty doesn't mean that the whole world revolves around you i mean a true beauty does not think that way she wants to uh, she, she wants to help others she wants to extend her compassion uh you know by by helping out in the world in whatever way that she wants to there are so many causes out there so many avenues that she can make a difference. She can do it in her community. She can do it in her country. She can even do it on a global level. Whatever, whatever, uh, whatever is important to her, you know, just just do it, you know. Um, and number seven is she's she's subtle and she's understated when it comes to her beauty and sensuality. So, I, I mean, by this I mean that she she doesn't feel the need to be loud about. Um, to be loud about how she looks, you know, she can, you know, it's just about maintaining that, that class, you know, people should be able to sense her beauty without her speaking about it, you know what I mean, it's <coughs> because of, because of the way she carries herself, and the kind of things that she does with her life, you know, the kind of, um, basically, what, the way she speaks, the what, everything, the, her mannerisms, all of this should kind of um, give people the essence of her beauty. She does not have to kind of push it on others, you know. And number eight is she practices self-love by taking care of her needs. Now, now she, uh, a true beauty, makes it a point to take care of herself, to give herself the time that she needs to, you know, make herself happy to, and to make sure that she's healthy in every way possible, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, physically. I think that's super important. Number nine, she's compassionate and she genuinely cares about others. So that is somewhat related to wanting to make a difference. 
um, you know, she has the ability to empathize with others, to really listen to others. I think that is um, a very feminine trait and something that's that is kind of I feel lacking a little bit these days because a lot of women um, are taking on more masculine roles, um, especially in the job place. So I think it's important to get in touch with that feminine energy where she taps into her 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 sense of compassion and that 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 caring nature that we're naturally born with. And finally, number 10, she defines her own standards of beauty and she has her own unique sense of style. So um, she, so it's okay to follow trends, but she does not have to feel pressured by them. She, you know, she could wear whatever she wants based on what makes her feel comfortable and defines her sense of style. So basically she can get creative and wear whatever she wants regardless of what is, you know, what's trendy right now, uh, what's the hottest thing out there, you know, uh, she, shouldn't, she shouldn't be afraid to, um, to wear clothes or to do things that, that may not be conventional. So that is, that, those 10 points are, those are the key, uh, key characteristics that define a true beauty. What happens if some of that appearance that you described, for example, someone who appears healthy, I think you cited a couple of examples, what happens if part of that appearance that we see that makes them look very healthy is artificially generated? Well, well, the thing is, you know, it really depends on the context, Elena. Um, I mean, as an observer, if we don't know the person, we wouldn't know if they've, they've if it's been artificially induced. But the person does. I mean, the person who's done whatever they need to do, they they know that they've done it. I I again, I, I it really matters. It really matter, it matters what what drove the person to do that. It is okay to get the odd enhancement to to do certain things to look to change your look, um, but that person cannot lie to themselves. They might lie to the world, but they cannot lie to themselves. Uh, and I and that's what I'm encouraging people to do, like you know, to look within yourself and and to really see what is driving your behavior. Um, and, and just be honest, honest with yourself. You can, I mean, you can deceive others, but you cannot deceive yourself. When we are looking at someone, right? How we can't tell what's inside them. So some of these complex, some of these definitions that you shared with us are mm-hmm. easy to some degree to identify when you interact with someone or when you get to know someone. But some of these are fairly complex and maybe impossible for us to know from the outside. Someone, for example, may look like they're tooting their own horn, but perhaps they're doing it in a healthy way. Just about anybody who is in the public eye is to some degree or another, for example, not being subtle or understated. The whole definition of being the host of something or being on television, being a celebrity, is the opposite of subtle and understated. So how can we as a society know what's going on on the inside? There's all of these characteristics that you've defined for people to look inward 
But as a society, how can we, when we look at someone, define whether they're beautiful? Well, the only way to do that is by talking to them. You can't know by by looking at them, uh, by just 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 you know looking at them from the outside. You have to get to know them. Uh, you know, ask them questions. Get and you know what, Elena, it really depends on what um, the kind of relationship you're having with the person. Is this someone you're just meeting at a cocktail party or a networking part event? And it doesn't matter, right? It's just. Um, you know, you, you know, but if you're considering doing business with a person, if you're considering getting into a relationship with the person, then you need to take a deeper look and you need to ask the right questions um, and decide if, if this is a person of substance or not. Is this someone you want to, you know, get into a partnership with a business or business partnership or, uh, or a relationship or even a friendship? I mean, is this person someone you can trust? Is this someone who can add to your life? Uh, but if they're just an acquaintance or some random person that you just meet somewhere, then it doesn't really matter. I mean, I would just give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I mean, as long as they're not, as long as they're, as they're not going to have a significant impact on your life, you can't sit and psychoanalyze every person that you meet. You know, uh, that's what I'm saying. These guidelines are are more uh, it's more of a template that I want people to use when when they are cultivating their personality um, and when they're um, and give them a new yardstick, a new um, way to measure their beauty based on these on these uh, points that I mentioned. This is more of a, this is a tool that I want people to use for their personal development rather than a checklist that we should use when we are judging people. So I just want to clarify that. How can we as outside observers know whether someone is beautiful? What measurements, what definitions can we use? Because the vast majority of the people that we interact with, maybe sometimes people who have a profound difference in our lives, are not people whose confidence we share or who we might even be close enough to have a conversation that can delve into some of these subtleties. So what can we do as a society to classify what makes someone beautiful? If we're going to redefine what we have as a definition now, which is based on appearances, how can we do that while at the same time setting aside the existing standards? Well, as I mentioned, you know, as a society, the only, we need to change the paradigm of beauty by instigating fundamental changes in our education system and the media. Um, I mean, it's only through these platforms and these outlets that we can actually redefine what it means to be beautiful and set healthier standards of beauty that draws the focus from a woman's physical attractiveness to her accomplishments and the kind of person that she is. Um, and, uh, and in that way, we kind of, we'd be able to mold the collective belief system about what makes a person beautiful, and uh, and I believe that will change. That will cause a ripple effect and change um, the consciousness uh, uh, on a global level. 
What fundamental changes in education and the media do you have in mind? What is it that you're proposing exactly? So, um, so I believe that there's certain things that we can do. For instance, I think we should have parenting workshops and awareness campaigns. Um, it should be. I believe that they should be established in communities where parents are taught how to raise children who uh, can develop a clear sense of identity and a healthy body image, a healthy self-image. And in conjunction with that, um, I think we need to conduct like mandatory high school and college self-improvement programs for kids where they learn about essential life skills that give them those mental and emotional tools to become psychologically healthy individuals uh, who can make more responsible decisions. Um, and I also think that, you know, having support groups specifically for girls and women dealing with self-esteem and body image issues, uh, you know, we should have more of that because, you know, the coming together of a community of women where they honor each other's experiences um, and, you know, support each other on their journeys, that, that can be very healing, you know. And uh, when it comes to the media, I, I recommend several shifts. Um, which, to be honest, Elena, I'm already seeing some of them come into play. First of all, I think there needs to be an equal representation of women uh, from all races, colors, ethnicities, and body types. We also need to give more exposure to women who accomplish imp impressive feats outside the world of glamour. I mean, there are a ton of women out there doing amazing things in the field of business, education, philanthropy, sports, and science. And I think they really need to be celebrated as role models, uh, not just singers, models, and actresses, you know, as we're seeing in the media today. We need to give them more exposure. Um, and, I, th and I don't know, this, this may, uh, I don't know if a lot of people will agree with me on this, but I, I, I think we really need to tone down the superficiality and the vulgarity that's prevalent in the music videos of today, the lyrics and music videos of today. Uh, I'm a bit old school that way. I, I do miss the sophistication and the understated sensuality that we witnessed back in the day. And I think we need um, artists to really bring that back, you know. Um, and another important one is regulating TV commercials and print campaigns, which tend to capitalize on the vulnerability and insecurity of women to, you know, to make a profit. Uh, I believe that commercials and any media form, for that matter, need to use their platform responsibly to promote positive and uplifting messages that inspire women to live up to their highest potential. So those are some of the changes that I believe should take place in our education and, and education system and the media to redefine beauty. What suggestions, what tips would you share with our listeners who want to learn more about this issue, about the impact that outward beauty definitions have on us in society, in the bias that we were talking about earlier in favor or against beautiful people and how they might become better informed in order to make their own assessments on these issues? Well, first of all, I think my book is a good place to start. Uh, you know, I the book really is a labor of love. Um, it's, it, you know, 
it's it's deeply personal to me because I myself struggled with body image issues and it consequently it affected my confidence in all areas of my life um and even though what I went through was very was painful I learned a lot about myself and also about this this universal struggle that we women face when it comes to finding our place in in you know the beauty meritocracy and figuring out a sense of worthiness so um as what I did is I mean as I worked through my own issues I later encountered the same patterns of struggle in my coaching clients and I realized that these insecurities that we face as women it reflects a deeper and more pervasive global epi- epidemic as we just discussed uh now I'm definitely not the first person to uh bring this issue to light there have been many great campaigns um and individuals who've spoken out about it and you know what i suggest to your listeners is to uh definitely check out uh check out the material that's out there you know on the internet there are tons of articles on this issue if they're curious about certain uh specific topics like beauty bias in the workplace or um you know the biological uh, the instinctual um urges that that tend to um uh, uh that tend to make us judge a person based on their physical appearance i mean there's a lot of material out there but what's different in my approach uh what you know the approach i've taken in my in in beauty redefined is that i explore this problem from a cultural biological and historical perspective to figure out how each one of these factors shape our perception of feminine beauty and that's followed by a by comprehensive solutions on what we can do both on a collective and individual level to redefine what it means to be a beautiful woman in the modern world so um you know and and the reason why i'm doing all this elena is because i believe that women are incredible assets to our society and they play very important roles and we can't afford to lose them uh because of uh, you know a, a psychological issues that have to do with self-worth uh, low self-worth so it's important that we educate and empower them so that they can express their full potential and contribute to making the world a better place and i believe as i said to you i believe that the only way we can begin the process of empowering girls and women is by changing the collective mindset of what it means to be a beautiful woman. Um and I believe that we can do that if we're willing to take the time to really go within and uh and uh, reflect on what what is what does it mean to be beautiful for us and what and asking asking questions such as what makes me beautiful, you know? and to uh, and when you answer that make a conscious effort to go beyond your physical appearance you know so uh, so that's those are the steps that i would recommend that your listeners do that they uh, they do whatever they can to educate themselves on 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 this on this issue and um to take the time out to reflect on how this topic relates to them personally and how it relates to how they view others and uh view others and other people in the world. Thank you Celine for joining us from Copenhagen, Denmark. Thank you so much Elena. It's been a real pleasure. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Celine Shanoy, who is author, podcast host and life coach, who discussed redefining beauty. Why are women still measured and defined by their looks? 
Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com.